0: Welcome to Outside the Box, a mental health initiative striving to end the stigma surrounding mental health. I'm your host, Dr. Janine Bernstein, and standing by to join me is Skye Bergman. She's a filmmaker, professor emeritus of photography and video at California Polytech State University. And she was a previous guest on my other show. Uh, She produced a wonderful film, which we're going to dive into. But she's very passionate about ageism, filmmaking, photography, intergenerational connections, and more.
1: Thank you, and thank you for having
0: me. Well, this was great. You were on Get the Funk Out, and um, your film, which is behind you, Lives Well Lived, really got so many accolades, as it should. It was fantastic.
1: I I feel so lucky. Here was uh, the first film that I ever made, um, really out of a love of my grandmother and turning 50 and wanting to find other people out there that were like my grandmother, who was turning 100 and still active and engaged and amazing. And it's on airing on PBS still at this point, And I never would have dreamed that it would have gone this far.
0: Because when you started the film, were you as passionate about ageism and things like that? Or did that, did it evolve as you were making the film?
1: I think it's certainly evolved. I was, I, I really started the film because I was looking at approaching 50 and looking for positive role models of aging. And to be quite honest, just not finding it in the media. And really, everything that I saw was about how to avoid aging, all the anti aging creams, all the things that you could do to not age. And let's face it, the one thing that we all have in common is that we age every day. And here I have my grandmother as this amazing role model and she was still working out at the gym. She started working out when she was 80. So, you know, it's never too late to start something new, even exercising. Yes. (laughs) And, um, you know, so I think that I had no idea of what I was getting myself into, but I think as I was approaching that big zero number of 50, Uh, I just, I felt like I needed to find those positive role models out there. And it led me down this path of interviewing 40 people who had a collective life experience of 3000 years. They were 75 and older and completely changed my life in so many ways that I could never possibly have imagined.
0: It's very fascinating to me when people take the time to speak to people that are, you know, a lot older than they are. As I learned the phrase uh, human capital, you can learn so much from people who could be your grandparents or great grandparents. If you take the time, they they have so much lived experience and wisdom, and you can be having the worst day and they will ground you in a sentence, you know?
1: I always say that everyone has a story to tell if we just take the time to listen. And we so often don't take that time. But I gave myself the gift really of taking four years to do those 40 interviews and just listening to these incredible stories. And my life has forever changed as a result because I hear their stories, their stories of resilience and the things that they went through. And that certainly helped me get through some tough times during the pandemic and, and other tough times. But I think their stories of resilience really resonated, not just with me, but with viewers of the film. I think it really made a difference for so many people.
0: I think more people who are struggling with their mental health should see this film. And the reason being, a lot of times you're depressed, as you said, you know, in our country, everything is we have to fix you because you're getting older. Well, getting older is a runaway train, basically. You know, it's like you're yeah, there's only so much you can do. But, you know, by buying into this um, consumer culture, uh, we have to put this product on and that product on and all this. But what's wonderful about your film is the the stories can be so uplifting. You, As you said, you could be having a tough day. You can just gain perspective from someone. Yeah.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think that one of the people in the film um her story was about turning 50 and doing something totally different and really feeling like she could either be a really boring dull person in a rut or she could jump off the cliff and do something totally different and i know that that influenced me as i was looking at at turning 50 really thinking about you know do i want to keep going down this same path? Or is there something else that I can try? And um, she gave me the courage. I just had lunch with her the other day. And I told her, you know, she gave me the courage really to jump off that cliff and to do something new and to retire from teaching to become a full-time filmmaker. And I think that all these stories and um, really definitely made that easier for me to say, okay, I'm going to do something different. And I'm going to really follow my passion and, and just not know where it's going to take me but follow that passion follow that thread to that point point. and I think the same woman her name is Evie said to me that um, really when you think about it there's so many times in our lives when we can't control the things that are happening around us but what we can control is our attitude about how we deal with those things and that forever has been ingrained in my mind because there are times like with anyone that I get wake up and I'm having a bad day, but I, I, just make myself pause for a moment and think about well, how can I change my attitude about what's happening around me right now? How can I change sure. the way that I'm viewing what's happening? And inevitably it becomes a better day when I do that. And so, you know, I, I feel so grateful to these words of wisdom that I was able to gain because I took that time to really listen to those 40 people.
0: You bet. I know it's is a gift to mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. Something that you had no idea was going to happen when you set out to do the film, I bet. No way. Well, first
1: of all, I didn't know I was going to be making a film. I thought I was just going to- Really? board people, <laughs> absolutely. I really thought. I was just recording people oh. and had to, I just, you know, I, like I said, I started with my grandmother who, who she was on the, uh, her bicycle working out at the gym. And I had a mic on her and I said, Hey, grandma, can you give me some words of wisdom? And she said things like be kind and live life to the limits. And I came back from that trip and I said, okay, I've got to find other people out there like her, because that obviously that's working for her. So what's working for other people. And I just thought I was going to maybe do a web series or something, but as I progressed with the interviews, I realized it wasn't just about the words of wisdom, but also about these amazing stories of what these people lived through that were going to be lost unless there was something that some document and some way to put it together. And that's why I decided to create a feature length film, because I really wanted it to be something that would be seen by a larger audience. And boy, am I surprised by how large the audience has been. But it obviously- That was a good decision. (laughs) I
0: feel that it would also inspire people to pay attention to the stories of the people under the roof or in their lives. Like let's say you have grandchildren and they don't really connect with their grandparents because where they live, maybe they connect on Zoom or they just don't talk that often. It's so important for the grandparents to feel heard and seen and valued. And then for the grandkids to be able to hear those stories you know and not just see this person as this this older person that's 85 years old and to learn the gifts they can offer
1: yeah. And I think that one of the things that really has become my passion now is connecting generations through the intergenerational work that we're doing with the film, which is using it as a catalyst. So we show the film to older adults and students. They see the students see the older adults as young people, you know, and they see, hey, I can I can relate to that now. And mm-hmm. then we pair up the older adults and students to use the questions that I use in the film to get to know each other just as a starting point. Right. And it's just so wonderful to see those. Connections and of course, you know the common thread is that the the students and the older adults say that wow, we didn't realize that you know we had so much more in common, and really the only difference is our age. And just as a, a quick aside, when I was um, working on the film, I had a student. His name was James, and he w- helped me out on some of the shoots. And um, we did the interview with Lucky Louie, who was a mozzarella maker. A I was going to bring him up. Great guy. My, <laughs> yeah. I know you're not supposed to have favorites, but he's my favorite. He's great. And um just a hilarious, just vivacious, wonderful man. And um and James and I went out to lunch after we had did the interview with Lucky Louie and he said, wow. I never knew that older people could talk so much. And it kind of took me back because I grew up in a four-generational household. I mean, I was around older people my whole life. Mm-hmm. And I said to him, well, don't you have an older adult in your life? And he said, well, I have a grandfather, but like you said, they don't didn't live close and wasn't really that close to him. But it was right around a holiday and he was going home for the holidays and his grandfather was going to be there. And I said, James, this is your assignment. You're going to take these questions that we just asked Lucky Louie, and you're going to ask some of your grandfather. And he came back after that weekend and he was literally beaming from ear to ear because it was like the first conversation in depth conversation he'd really had with his grandfather. Yes, They both wanted to have that connection, but they didn't know where to start the conversation and using those questions really helped in some ways. So we, the, the questions that I asked everyone are on my website. You can use them. If you're an older adult, you could use them for yourself to just leave them as a legacy. And so, you know, it's just amazing. That sometimes we don't know really where to start that conversation. And it just gives it a framework to make that happen.
0: That's great. What is your website, by the way?
1: The website is lives well livecom And if you go to the take action part of the website, there's the discussion guide, which has all of the questions that we asked in the in the film are all listed there.
0: How does it feel that you captured the life of your um grandmother in film?
1: Oh well, you know, it's just uh <laughs> um I don't know that I captured her whole life in film but I certainly think you know I know captured I mean. her essence. Yes. And I and I think that um for me I uh I mean, I love my grandmother so much and I love that I'm keeping her legacy alive by the film. So mm-hmm. that to me, there, there's no greater gift than that. And and the best night of my life was doing a sneak preview that my grandmother was at, and 27 of the 40 people wow. in the film were at yeah. and uh, just such a proud moment to be able to share that with her. And, I, you know, I, I think that 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 legacy that, you know, her her life story and her idea of being kind to everyone is, is spread throughout the world now because of the film. And I just think that that's such a wonderful gift to me and to her. So I'm, I'm just as happy as can be that it's gone to the level that it has. When I, when I
0: saw the film, I I was thinking about how uh, you've received such high praise and that I'm, I'm also a screenwriter. So I started in the pandemic thinking more about writing things that were more intergenerational because I believe that there's, as you know, tremendous power and value to that, that the audience loves to see that. And years ago, I wrote something where somebody had to do community service in a retirement home. It it was a teenager and the bond they form and it's a comedy. And this, I think we need more of this in the filmmaking world. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
1: Uh, absolutely. I mean, I am, I am actually heartened to see more of these intergenerational connections showing up on um in tv series on film i mean Mm -hmm. that certainly wasn't the case 10 years ago when i started working on the film but in the last 10 years i think we have actually made some strides and that's just wonderful for me to see that i i love that when that happens but i agree we need more of it because you know we need to create a more age diverse world we're so siloed by generations. And I feel like at least with the project that I'm working on um, with Lives Well Lived, we're really connecting generations one story and one connection at a time. And the more that you know somebody from the other, the -hmm. less there is that you're going to have an ism about that, whether it's ageism or racism. So connecting those groups is so important. And I'm my you know, my my whole passion right now is ageism and trying to combat the stereotypes of ageism. And ageism works in both directions. It's not just ageism oh, yeah. against older people, but there's certainly ageism um against younger people. And so, how do we connect generations to really take get rid of those silos that we have? These are like yes. artificial silos that have happened in the last, you know as people move older people into nursing homes and students are in school and they're all in school at the same age group, how do we combat that and bring those ages together? I think that's so important. It was even more um, poignant, you know, as you write about um, in your book, you know, during the pandemic. When we had social isolation. And of course, younger people and older people were the, the groups that felt that isolation the most. Yes. And one of the best things to me that we were able to do with the film was do these virtual experiences where we brought older and younger people together and paired them up. And I remember one of the students at the, our big rap party at the end said this was the first new friend he had made during the pandemic. And I thought, how wow. wonderful is that? That his first new friend is an older adult. Yeah. And you know, what, what a gift that is to be able to bring those generations together
0: definitely because people do still feel socially isolated and I know students who went back to school and they still don't feel like they've made solid friends because they're so used to being home there's a discomfort right Yes. Yeah.
1: It's an, it's the new norm. I mean, you know, now I think we have to kind of get used to being in groups of people and how do we interact? Because for all those years, we weren't interacting in person. And so how do we now, when we're back in that situation, um, interact? And I think on the flip side, this new world where we can connect on Zoom and we can have friends literally across the world is a wonderful gift that happened out of the pandemic that wasn't really in place before. So, You know, but we do need to recognize that there are many people that are still struggling with with having that social interaction. Tell me more
0: about uh, other things you're doing right now, because you did leave teaching. So I want to find out what you've been up to.
1: Yeah, well, so I I left teaching, although I'm still teaching part time as part of the early retirement program and loving that. And um, but I am uh, working on a couple of new projects I'm working on a book. Uh, about my experience of making the Lives Will Live film, the lessons that I learned along the way, and then I'm also interviewing 40 people because I did that for the film. So I like that number 40. 40 people that are doing really interesting work in the intergenerational space in terms of bringing generations together, whether it's through music or art or co-generational housing. So looking at all these different ways that we're bringing, we are bringing generations together to inspire other people to maybe you know join in on that bandwagon. So that like I said, it's become a real passion of mine. And um, I've got a couple of other films in the works. One is um, Mochi Suki, which is about the Japanese tradition of making mochi. And it's going to air on PBS in May of 2024. So okay. um, really knee deep in editing and working on that film Exciting. right now. Exciting, Yeah. And where are you right now? I'm in San Luis Obispo, California. Okay. Uh, have you lived there all your life? Most of your life? No, I actually was born in Philadelphia and um, was raised there and in South Florida and then came out to California to go to UC Santa Barbara and was lucky enough to get a teaching gig at Cal Poly in San Luis Obispo. So I only had to move 90 miles north to this beautiful town that I call home and I don't oh. think I will ever leave. I, lo- I just absolutely love living I've here. I've been there.
0: It is beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely beautiful. Anything else you'd like people to know about you?
1: That's a good question. I'm so passionate about connecting generations, and anything that I can do to make that happen, mm-hmm. in whatever way I can be a facilitator to make that happen, is is really my passion at this point. Are you also part of Co-Generate? Oh yeah, so I didn't mention that. That's okay. <laughs> at all. <laughs> oh my god. That's yeah, fine. so. I, <laughs> so I um I was awarded a fellowship through CoGenerate for this year so I'm um a part of that group I'm one of 15 fellows who are working in, in a number of different arenas. The arena that I'm working with, uh, with co-generate this year is a project that I worked on called Forever Voters, which is, a, uh, I created a film about the League of Women Voters going into high schools and talking to high school seniors about the importance of voting and why their vote really matters. And then um, trying to get them to register or pre-register to vote, which is so important. That civic engagement yes. is so important. And then I also interviewed the students about what Issues They wanted to vote about because I think there is this uh, preconceived idea that 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 age group doesn't really care and that could not be farther from the truth, of course, and one thing that I learned in doing the research for the film is that. If somebody votes in three out of their first four elections, they're more likely to become a lifetime voter. And we need those lifetime voters. So it's really become a passion and another way that we're connecting generations. Here you have these older adults talking to these students about wanting them to vote and really trying to advocate for them to get out and vote and register to vote. And the students, when they sign those registration cards, they are just beaming from ear to ear because they are like we this is like their first adult thing that they did was sure. to, register to vote and i just love that civic engagement between the older adults and the students yeah. and so yeah that's the other thing that i'm working on <laughs> well i was going to say it's all part of purpose-driven initiatives which really impacts
0: mental health for the better mm-hmm.
1: yeah absolutely yeah. and i think you know i guess the other thing that i would say is one of the things that i learned in doing uh, the film and probably the most important lesson was that we all need a sense of purpose and it doesn't matter what age we are we need that sense of purpose and that sense of purpose can change over time so a lot of the people that are working with the League of Women Voters and going into the classrooms that's their that's their sense of purpose and I think especially as we get older and we retire many times our the label that we put on ourselves was based on our job. And so when we retire from the job, we, have lost a bit of our sense of purpose and maybe our grounding. And so I think that it's really important to think about what is the next, the third act, as they call it, or the next mm-hmm. thing that we're going to do. How do we keep that sense of purpose alive? Because in all the 40 people that I interviewed, they all had a sense of purpose, whether it was getting up every morning to make mozzarellas for their daughters, telly, <laughs> or, you know, getting out the vote or whatever it was, it was that sense of purpose that kept them going and motivated and engaged. Mm-hmm. And so I think that is such an important lesson to carry with us our whole lives.
0: Yes. And I think that is one of the big messages to, behind your film and the work you do with intergenerational work is that um, a, a retiree can share their sense of purpose with someone who's, you know, in their twenties or their teens and light them up and, and have them realize, wow, I can have a non-linear life
1: and my sense of purpose can change. Absolutely. I yeah. couldn't. I said it better myself. That's great. That's
0: true. <laughs> I want to thank you so much, Sky. I have always enjoyed talking to you and this was fantastic. Thanks for being on Outside the Box.
1: Oh, my pleasure.
0: Thanks for having me. Thanks for checking out this week's episode of Outside the Box. We're spreading knowledge and compassion through podcasts, social events, and resources. Outside the Box is committed to facilitating real conversations about real issues that people struggle with every day. I hope my movement will not only inspire you to seek the help you need, but also help you learn the importance of self-awareness, mindfulness, and self-compassion. Want to be a guest on Outside the Box? Drop us an email at info at otbseries.com. We drop a new episode every Thursday, and you can check out our socials at OTBSeries. For more information, visit otbseries.com.